0: Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network is engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com.
1: Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and we have Daniel Hearn, or better known as Daniel Unmanageable. From Hard Knocks Talks, Uh, he is our guest, Sober Liberty, today. He spends his time building a non-biased platform for the voice of lived experience and those who advocate for it. Thanks for joining us on the Sober Podcast Daniel. It's great to have you on today to continue our holiday themed Sober Podcast.
2: Well, thanks for having me Jamie. I'm happy to be here. Um, it's I'm usually on the other side of the interview, so I'm I'm always happy to to get a take a break and just have a conversation.
1: Oh, great. Great. Well, we can't wait to hear um more <laughs> about you and your story and and um hope for the holidays that you might have. So addiction brought you to a state of homelessness. Did you spend any
2: holiday seasons out on the streets? Well, I, it, it didn't bring me quite to a state of homelessness. That's not to say that I didn't feel homeless. I, yeah. um, I did have a home. It was in the final stages of foreclosure. Uh, the, the gas had been turned off. Um, it was, it was in a, state of complete disarray um but yeah the the gas did, did you know well in canada here um in saskatchewan if you're, you're if in you canada, don't pay, obviously i am yes yes, yes. where in canada uh, are you saskatoon saskatchewan okay. almost yeah in the lower the lower middle <laughs> of canada <laughs> so uh, in in the, in my town if you don't pay your cell bill or not your cell bill sorry your gas bill for yeah. over a year they they come and take the gas meter off your house And, um, they, they don't ask you, yeah, yeah. They don't (laughs) ask you like, Hey, is everything okay? They just like send a guy over with the gas, with his wrenches and they take the gas meter off and shut your gas off or, you know, so I, that's, that's how I learned that. I, I, I wasn't able to pay my bills. I was, um, lost in my addiction. Um, and it was very near to Christmas where, uh, my son, my three-year-old son at the time was, was apprehended. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, we had a couple of social workers come to the house with a couple of police officers, and they, yeah, you know, just a regular day and
1: and were you a single father,
2: uh no, not at that time. I had a, a partner at the time, uh yeah. she very shortly it was the my the son- the mother of my son uh and she she left shortly after that happened um the the house was was too haunted, so to speak,, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she went on her own journey and uh yeah, I, I spent a very lonely Christmas that, that year. Um, You know, I, sometimes I, I wonder because there was times in my life, I, I wonder that had I not had the substances. Yeah. Maybe, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I would have just ended it all. Oh, so, right.
1: I see what you're saying. Like when, when the substances can still work for us in a way, in a, in a
2: way, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, that that's mm-hmm. not a, a promotion for substance use. I'm not I'm yeah. not saying that in such a way that like, hey, if you're depressed, you should go use substances. <laughs> but uh, in in a way, I, I think that there was a few times where had I not had that escape, I I, I may not be here today. So, Glad and how
1: long um, uh, have you been substance free?
2: Uh, coming up on six years in, in February of, uh, of 23. Uh, it'll be six years.
1: Fabulous. Well, actually, I'll have 14 years uh, this month.
2: Excellent, December twenty
1: ninth. Yeah.
2: yeah, thanks uh, for being that voice. Uh, you th- you're welcome.
1: Um, how many holidays? So let's see. You're coming up on what would you say, six years? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've been through uh, what five holiday seasons? This will be your sixth holiday season uh, in sobriety.
2: Math checks out. I think I've never yeah. been my strong point. <laughs> there's been a there's been a few
1: five or six. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, how has the holiday season changed uh in sobriety?
2: well it used to be a very dark time when, yeah. when I was in active addiction um, they, there came a point where i my family just i couldn't be around them and um Christmas has been it it's been good you know uh ever since i ever since I found recovery uh they've been progressively I've been progressively more present, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the first Christmas that I had, I was living in in sobriety. I was living in a sober living house and, um, you know, it it didn't take long for my family to start allowing me back in. In fact, if, if you want if I want to get real honest, it was probably me not wanting to be around my family when, when I was at the latest parts of my addiction, because there was no drugs there. There was no (laughs) drugs there, you know, (laughs) That's no fun, right? Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. You know, they weren't really like heavy drinkers. Like I couldn't sit and get hammered with them or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, like, I had no interest in that. So, um it, it, it's been interesting for me, though. um And maybe my story is unique. Uh, Christmases have been a good experience for me since I found recovery. Yeah, and and maybe that is because I know what it feels like to be high and drunk in a garage on, on Christmas night, you know, doing everything that I can to get more high and more drunk so that I don't have to be present in that moment of loneliness and despair.
1: Are you, um, are are you back, uh, in contact with your son? Are you back with your son?
2: Yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, so I, I entered into recovery February 12th, 2017. Uh So after the last dark Christmas of my using career, Um, I entered into recovery and by July 31st of that same year, I had done the work that I needed to do to gain access to my son. Again, he was given to me, uh, I was given interim custody, Mm -hmm. uh, while still living in the sober living house under the supervision of social workers and doing weekly case planning and drug testing and mandatory meetings and, and all these things. Um, Yeah. So and then I was a single father for a year and a half after that. Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah. So um so are you uh what are you doing
1: for, for these uh, how are you spending this holiday?
2: Uh this holiday I am I mean just spending a, a little time with family, you know? Yeah. Um so uh, the my my son's mother um when we split still an active addiction, we went our own separate ways. Um we owned our we 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 earned our learned our own lessons, and uh, just recently this year, in May of this year, uh, we reconciled and we've been oh. living together. Yeah, we've been living together. Thank you, thank you. It, it it's been a wild ride, man. Like bad things happen in active addiction, and and uh, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not, but I'm here to um, say a few <laughs> bad things happened to me while I was active. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and and uh, I I carried a lot of resentment with me into recovery. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if I had to say one of the biggest challenges of my recovery was learning to to work with that resentment and and to not necessarily let it go early on, but to find a place to put it that that could be less harmful. Um. You know, I I often hear people say, oh, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. And, And I don't think that that's a reasonable expectation, particularly in early recovery, you know. So, but uh, it, that was probably one of my biggest challenges with dealing with the anger, dealing with the resentment of of some of the, the things that happened. But in, in, in telling you now that her and I have reconciled uh, nearly five years, well, over five years later, five and a half, almost six years now. Yeah. Because she, yeah, I guess, I guess she left December 16th of 2016. So yeah, we're coming up on six years right away. And um, we have a beautiful life. She brought with her into recovery uh a little girl i i have a four-year-old daughter now yeah and uh you know life life is life is good we're gonna have our little christmas here and yeah
1: what a great what a great um a great gift of of recovery um is uh yeah you you know when you you uh, a lot of we lose a lot of things Right in, in addiction and and a lot of times that's people um, and uh, it's great when um, when they can come back to us so that's a great gift we're going to take just a quick break um, uh, to uh, stop and say thanks to our sponsors Stephanie Weiss is a certified health and recovery coach based locally in Connecticut and offering virtual services nationwide. If you would like more information, please reach out to info at sobernetwork.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-B-E-R-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com. Now let's get back to Daniel Unmanageable. And before we talk a little bit more about staying sober during the holidays, um, how'd you get the name Daniel Unmanageable?
2: Well, I mean it, it I I gave it to myself really um it's it's I don't know if you want to call it an alter ego or or what but you know when in my program of recovery <clears throat> excuse me let me just grab a drink of water here sure I have kids I've been sick since school went back in <laughs> yeah <laughs> so in my program of recovery we were, we're, we're it, a suggestion is made that we uh, admit our life has become unmanageable um, and we are to do our best to turn our defective character over to something bigger than ourselves right turn our, our will and our life over things like that um, i think those are familiar traits of a, <laughs> a program of recovery where many of us are familiar with um, but i was i was sort of led to believe in early on and maybe I just misunderstood what was being told to me, but mm-hmm. that my desire to be seen and to be heard and to be boisterous was a defective character. It was ego. It was grandiosity. Yeah. Right. And I believed it. I, I can't say that I took giant steps to, to turn those things over, but the steps that I did take to turn those things over, it, it never felt right. And, When I started the live streaming, uh, it came, well, shortly before, it came to my attention that these are not defects of character. These are actually some of my greatest assets that I can offer to my community and to the people around me is to my ability to get loud, to be articulate, and to carry a message of hope. So... They're assets, yeah. Yeah. So I, I turned... I named this these traits of mine, this, these, these character, like these defects that I once thought they were. I named them Daniel Unmanageable. And I I made a deal. And I said I said, you can be as big and as loud and as shiny as you want, but it has to be in community service, or I'm putting you back in the bag. (laughs) So I shook hands with myself and and I did. I I got as big and I continue to do so uh, as big, as loud as I can about these conversations around substance use harm. I love
1: it. And um, what are some of the ways that you have used those um, uh, those traits that you just talked about and that you're now using them um, uh, in service? Uh, What are some of the ways you've done that?
2: Well, I mean, I've always been articulate in my, in in how I express myself through both written word and, and in, in speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I make sure that if I go to a meeting and I'm chosen to share, I don't just like, frankly, I don't just like bitch and moan about my day. I, you know, like I try to bring a message of, of, of healing, a message of hope in, in some way, you know, and if I can tie that into a little bitching and moaning, then maybe I might, you know, I might. I might use that and say we all have our luxuries, right? (laughs) So, um, and a year and a half, almost two years ago now. So on my, on my fourth year of, of recovery, uh, February 12th, uh, 2020, 2021. Yes. Uh, I went live with my first episode of Hard Knocks Talks and, and I went and I was in school at the time to be a safety professional. Yeah. And, As soon as i started this podcast i very quickly like school very quickly became my part-time gig like it was my side hustle i i just i i feel like i found what i loved and i and i dove into it full speed ahead very quickly within within that year in fact by january of this year i had found the stability that i needed i had found you know like I, i got a few sponsors i got some grant funding um, I actually dropped out of school and I've been, I've been chasing this full time ever since just doing my best to elevate the voices of lived experience and, and those mm-hmm. they serve that serve them. So, um, it's been, it's been a, a, a crazy ride and, uh, the, the tech, my God, <laughs> I, <laughs> Like if I could just show up and be the talking head that would be that would be wonderful to me if I could do like the creative things like the right, animations right. and the and you know the branding and stuff that would be I love doing that I love being creative but the tech stuff man that has shown me things about myself that I didn't know existed you know it, it
1: <laughs> yeah it can it can reveal um uh some frustrating and ugly sides um lessons like also, lessons
2: in powerlessness yes <laughs>
1: yeah that's the truth um and so so back to the holidays it sounds like the the holidays are pretty a pretty good time for you um mm-hmm. these days um do you have any um are you more hyper aware of 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 how hyper vigilant um about your program and staying sober through the holidays and is there are there any um uh additional things that you do
2: to uh you know to, to stay over through the holidays um at 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 some point for me, and this is just me, I stopped being an addict named Dan mm-hmm. and I started being a human being chasing a meaningful and productive life so that's that's what I do you know i and and in my my vigilance though when you say hyper vigilance, uh, yes. Yes, um, in in my reconciliation with my partner, her name is Donna. Uh, if you've watched the show at all, you've probably seen and heard her. She chimes in quite often, and she oh look, wrong. we've got oh, a guest right it, behind you. Here's my son. This is my son, Graden. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, our listeners buddy.
1: can't see how cute Graden is, and he's yeah. a redhead like I used to be. Yeah,
2: love you, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, kids are home from school. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I am. Um, Since I've reconciled with with Donna, I've seen her um, dedication to family Mm -hmm. affairs like Christmas, like birthdays. Uh, She is very, very dedicated in in serving our children, in making sure that they have wonderful experiences on these special occasions where uh, perhaps myself, I was still more self-centered in these things you know like oh, i get him a present and wrap it nice and you know like i don't know, take him to the whatever it's good you know where she takes the time and that's that's revealed some some uh some things in me that i know that i have to work on so accepting that these things inside of me aren't perfect is is a big step in me staying healthy and and continuing to move forward in my life right right i, I don't know if that answered your question or not i <laughs>
1: uh well i mean it, it it answered my question about things that you you know uh your um outlook um and uh some of your routines for, for you know variety. can i
2: can yeah. i add a little bit more though um uh, please do yes So when i when i uh when the pandemic struck yeah um and all the meetings shut down and mm-hmm. you know and i was very i was very involved in in that uh recovery community i very quickly realized you know that 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 I didn't need meetings as badly as I thought that I did you mm-hmm. know and, and that scared me because you know what they you know how they say when oh you know when they stopped going to meetings right, and then they relapsed, the relapse started. you know like oh he's not coming you got to go to meetings got to do this got to do that that taught me and I I stay true to that today that I need to do what works for me and if what I do what I'm doing is working for me then it it doesn't matter if people think that I'm going to relapse by not doing what they think I should do. Right, right. You know, and and that that has brought me a grand peace in itself that I have found this foundation to stand on, and I can in fact stand on it. And self awareness through mm-hmm. um, through practice through
1: through experience rather. Yeah. Um, our last question, which we all we ask almost all of our guests, uh, what's the most difficult struggle? you have been through uh in sobriety and recovery and how did you overcome
2: it how did you get through it uh family court hands down yeah hey, come on man i'm in a podcast get out of here <laughs> i love you go away <laughs> so yeah uh hands down uh family court was, was the biggest challenge of my sobriety that was yeah. in fact that was the biggest challenge of my life you know, and I, we don't really need to go into too many details like that, but it, it all comes back to that powerlessness, mm-hmm. right? Like things got out of my hand. They weren't going the way that I thought they should. And quite frankly, there were some dark days there where I, you know, I, I had some dark thoughts. Yeah. And how did uh, you get
1: past that or through that?
2: That uh, is when I, I, I got real close to my, my community. You know, that's what I needed at that time. Yeah. And, and that's mean, what I did
1: community. You mean your sober community? Or yes. You every, yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was that was before any of any of what you see here now was a thing. That was when I was still pretty early on in my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I have I was it was around. Well, uh, Donna came back about a year and a half into my journey. And uh, yeah, that's so started her own journey and. Yeah. If you've got three hours, I can tell you the whole story, (laughs) but no, that's, that's what I did. I, 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 I stayed close to my program and I stayed close to what I believed was something bigger than myself that wanted good things for me. And I leaned on those things. Great. Wow. Well,
1: that's a great place um, to end our interview. And Daniel, I can't thank you enough for joining Mm -hmm. us today. And how can listeners get in touch with you?
2: Well, I'm I'm all over Facebook. Uh, we've got the page on Facebook. I think we're sitting at eighty five thousand followers now. So you can find Hard Knocks really? Talks. Yeah, no, what a what a journey it's been too. Uh, you yeah, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, uh, if you uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. We're we're trying to we're trying to bolster that up. All right, uh, and, all right. and and there's the the website www.hardknockstalks.com. you can dot com. You can jump on our email list, get weekly email, up to date on all the upcoming streams, and yeah, great.
1: Wonderful. To all our listeners, thank you for your continued support. Uh, visit us on www.soberpodcast.com and all places that you find major podcasts uh, to leave us a review and sign up for our mailing list. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, author of Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother. And you can find me on uh, TikTok at Jamie underscore Brickhouse, where I tell a true story wearing high heels Every day. Uh, I'm also on uh, TikTok and Facebook, Jamie Brickhouse. Signing out from the Sober podcast. Tune in for another show next week. And happy holidays to everyone out there and to you, Daniel, and your fantastic family. Take
2: care, my friend. Thanks
1: for having us. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.